Hi, I'm Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. We have been going through spiritual lessons from some of my greatest Christian heroes, women in history who have been mentors to me, even though I never met them personally. Just reading about their lives and their walk with Jesus Christ has so enriched and inspired me spiritually. And today I'm excited to touch on the life of Mary Slessor, who was an amazing missionary to Africa. Before I jump into her story, I wanted to remind you that our annual Set Apart Conference is coming up June 3rd through 5th, and that's at the Ellerslie campus in Windsor. Colorado, or you can join us anywhere you are via simulcast. If you choose to stream a simulcast, it's a great way to share the set apart message with other women in your life, whether it's in a living room or in a church, you'll have access to the sessions all throughout the rest of the year. So you can choose the time that really works well for you. This year's conference theme is abide. We're going to be talking about how to maintain a thriving intimate relationship with Jesus Christ on a daily basis and how that relationship impacts our daily decisions, our life direction overcoming things in the past that are hindering us in our relationship with Christ, how our relationship with Christ impacts overcoming fear and how we engage with what's going on in the world today and our relationships. So I'm very excited to see what God has in store for all of us in this powerful weekend. Just go to setapartgirl.com to learn more or register, or you can click on the link in this podcast description. Hope to see you there. So let's talk about spiritual lessons from Mary Slessor. She was a Scottish woman, and really from a young age, you would look at her life and think, wow, she has it really, really difficult. She grew up in a very, very poor home, and she didn't have a lot of opportunities to even get a normal education. She had lots of siblings she had to help take care of. Her father was an alcoholic who never could seem to hold down a job, and some of her siblings got sick and got and died just because of the unsanitary conditions that they were living in. They basically lived in a slum as she was growing up, and she, from a very young age, had to work in a factory from very early in the morning till very late at night doing really hard work. Instead of being in school and getting to play and learn and grow, she was just basically working most of her life. And her father died when she was fairly young, and so she and her mother basically had to support the family. But she gave her life to Christ at a young age, and she began to gain a passion for sharing the gospel. Even though she didn't have very much spare time, she began to teach a Sunday school class to some of the other factory girls and girls in her community. And some of the boys in the community, the bullies, the street gang kind of guys, did not like what she was doing because it kind of pulled the girls' focus away from them and, you know, kind of hanging out with them on the streets in their spare time. And one day as she was going to teach her Sunday school class, this bully came up to her in the alley and threatened her with this really sharp blade. And he kept dangling it and swishing it closer and closer to her face. And it was a defining moment because she had always had a lot of grit, a lot of spunk, a lot of courage. But now she was face to face with someone who really could seriously hurt her or even kill her if he wanted to. And she did not back down. She did not flinch. She did not cower. And in the end, it was he that backed down. He was so shocked by her courage, which was really the courage of God being showcased in her life. He was so overwhelmed by that, that he just turned and walked away. And that group of guys never bothered her again. And that would prove to be so important for her future missionary work. And so you look at a life like this and think, wow, she's got 
so much spunk and so much grit and so much courage. And she has a passion for sharing the gospel. And yet her life circumstances were really, really rough. And yet because of those difficult life circumstances, she was equipped for what God had for her in the future. In fact, as I've studied her life and her story, I honestly can say that if she hadn't grown up in such difficult, such a difficult situation with an alcoholic father and a very poor family and very little opportunity for education, she it forced her to rely on God, to trust him for everything that she needed, and to rise up and really give herself fully and completely to the purposes of God, no matter where she was, and say, okay, Lord, I don't know how to make my way through this this hard situation, but you can be strong through me. And that's really what you see in her early life is the power of God being shown and demonstrated in such a strong and powerful way in this young girl's life. But she began to gain a heart for overseas missions when she was a young woman. And she read about David Livingston, who was a missionary to Africa, and just dreamed about one day being able to go to the people of Africa and share the gospel, even though it was extremely dangerous work. Finally, God opened the door for her to be sent to Africa. It was in the 1800s, and it was during a time when there was so much danger and so much disease in Africa. It really wasn't a safe place to go. And so many missionaries, even though they would set up their mission stations right on the coast, which was probably the safest and healthiest climate for them to be in and out of the way of most danger, they would have access to more of the kinds of food that they're used to eating because they had access to the ships that were coming in and out of the coastline. But even with those circumstances, so many of them died. It was just a very harsh climate. It was difficult. In There was malaria. There were just diseases everywhere. And it was a dangerous place because there were a lot of African people and tribal groups that did not want Europeans coming to their country. And so there was a lot of violence. Mary Slessor, though, went a lot further than just the typical missionary in that time. She set up a missionary base and base of ministry on the coast, like a lot of the other mission groups. But she had a passion to go further inland. She wanted to go where missionaries hadn't been before. She wanted to go deep into the African bush. She wanted to work with tribal people who had never heard the gospel, never been exposed to anything but their superstitious traditions. And she was told by many different people, including people who were above her in ministry, that it was just not safe for a woman to go into the interior of Africa alone. In fact, it really wasn't safe for a group of men to go into the interior of Africa alone, let alone a single woman. But she just continued to pray that God would open doors and just tirelessly pursue the opportunity to go further inland. And finally, the door opened for her to do that. She went to places other missionaries wouldn't go, and she did other things that other missionaries would never dream of doing. She began to live among the tribal people, eat their food, sleep in the same kind of huts that they slept in, allow them, you know, the women and children to live with her. She even adopted African children that were left out to die. There was a a tribe that she was living with that believed that twins were evil, so they would always kill twins if they were born. And she rescued sets of twins and allowed them to live and really took so many risks, but they weren't just kind of these foolhardy risks that she just thought, well, I'm just a daredevil. I'm just an adventurer and I have to do these things. It was because God was compelling her. And because of all that she had been through in her early 
childhood and young adult years, how she had had to stand up to street gangs and bullies and work in factories and deal with an alcoholic father and support a family from a very young age. She was used to challenges that other people were not used to. And so things that really would send other missionaries packing just didn't even cause her to flinch. I also believe that she was so surrendered to the strength of God working through her that he was able to do things through her that a lot of us just aren't open to saying, okay, God, change an entire people group, change an entire culture through me because we are so limited in our thinking because we're thinking, well, what what are my abilities rather than what can the power of God do through a willing vessel if I become fully willing and fully available to him? The, the best story or my favorite story from Mary Slessor's life happened when she was in a tribe. It wasn't long after she she arrived in this tribe. So she was still kind of treated as an outsider. And they weren't quite sure what to make of her. They, they were intrigued by her. She brought interesting things to their tribe, like the ability to read and write. She wanted to teach their children how to read and write. So they kind of tolerated her, but she certainly wasn't yet welcome among them. And I've told this story on other podcasts, but it just is such a baffling story of courage. She she stumbled upon this sort of ceremony that was taking place in the tribe where the entire village had gathered in a circle around a tribal woman who was bound on the ground. And there was a, a warrior that was decked out in feathers and war paint and looking very scary. And he had a cauldron of hot boiling oil with a ladle. And he was going to scald this woman to death. She had committed some small infraction of the tribal rules, and it was a very, very superstitious culture. They believed that if anybody did one little thing wrong, it would anger the gods and they'd have to kill that person. They were also very oppressive towards women. Women were treated mostly like slaves. And so especially if a woman caused a problem in any regard, they would violently kill her in front of everyone. It was just a horrific situation. And Mary knew that they needed the gospel of Jesus Christ if these customs were ever going to change. And so she saw this about to happen to this woman. And she finally made her way all the way to the the center of the circle. She finally got through the, the crowd of people and ran straight up to the warrior who was holding the ladle of hot oil and stood between the warrior and the woman who was about to be scalded with the hot oil and just locked eyes with him and dared him to come any closer. Sort of like, if you want to get to her, you have to get through me first. And that takes a lot of guts. In fact, I would say it was supernatural courage that she didn't have of herself, but it was the Spirit of God equipping her with the courage she needed for that situation. This warrior was so unused to anybody standing up to him that he didn't know what to do. At first, he was just stood at, she just stood there in shock. And then he started to get really upset that she was interfering with his whole ceremony that he was about to, you know, torture and kill this woman. And so he started to get really mad and yell and scream and she still did not move. And finally, he decided, okay, if I'm not going to be able to get to this woman, I'm going to scald you with the hot oil. So he started to come closer and closer and closer to her with his ladle. And she could hear the oil sizzling and burning in this ladle. And it came all the way up to her face. And he came so close to her with this hot oil that their noses were almost touching is what it says in her biography. Still, she didn't flinch. She didn't move. She just stood resolute, ready to give her life to save the life of this woman. And finally, this tribal warrior was so overcome with surprise and shock that this woman had that kind of courage that he threw his ladle down with disgust and he walked away. 
And the tribal people could not believe it. They were shocked that someone had stood up to the tribal customs, the violence of the tribe, the superstition of the tribe, the intimidation of that warrior, and actually won the battle of the day. And they began to talk among themselves and say, maybe there is a power greater than the power of our violence and our superstition. And that instance became what opened the door for the gospel to come to that tribe. Mary brought the gospel to some of the darkest places in Africa where there was so much violence, so much just barbaric behavior, so much demonic stronghold. And yet she brought the light of the gospel there. And slowly these tribes were transformed. And this wasn't the only tribe that she impacted. There were multiple tribes. And the whole entire region of Africa, the entire climate changed. The spiritual atmosphere changed because she brought the gospel there. And the only reason she was able to bring the gospel there is because God had instilled in her a supernatural courage that was far beyond her own courage. And that story has challenged me ever since I heard it. In fact, her whole entire life challenges me because she took risks for God. She was willing to do what other people were not. And instead of seeing the dangers in the interior of Africa, she saw opportunity, opportunity for the gospel. Instead of seeing the fear that could so easily be prevalent in a situation like that, she saw the comfort, the power, the protection of God. We see this type of courage demonstrated in lots of different instances in scripture. And one story that stands out to me is the story of Esther. You know, we think of her as this beautiful queen who had all these servant girls, but she really had to make a very similar decision as Mary Slessor when Mordecai came to her and said, all the people, all the Jewish people, including you, are going to be wiped out unless you take a stand, unless you do something. And she knew that to enter the presence of the king uninvited and make an appeal to him would very possibly cost her life. If he was in the wrong kind of mood and he didn't hold out his scepter to her, that was it. She was done for. Very similar kind of situation if you think about it to the oppression of women in the the African tribes where, you know, she she might have been the queen, but she didn't have really any personal rights. And the king could decide to end her life at any moment if just on a whim. But instead of hiding in a corner of self-protection, she chose to face the danger boldly. There's that famous quote that she says in Esther 4, 16, I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I really believe that the most effective way to impact this world for Jesus Christ is to have that attitude. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. If God chooses to spend my life, I'll rejoice. If he chooses to preserve my life, I'll rejoice and I'll spend that life for him. And because of Esther's willingness to go straight into the greatest danger, the entire nation of Israel was miraculously saved and the enemies of Israel were hanged on their own gallows. So talk about a complete reversal of something the enemy meant for evil because of her willingness to say, God, I don't have the courage within myself, but you can be courageous through me. And she had decided already that she was not going to cling to her life. And I really believe that's what Mary Slessor was demonstrating when she went to those difficult situations in Africa. She was not going to cling to her own life and to self-protection. She was going to go where others wouldn't go and say, Lord, as long as you give me life, as long as you give me protection, I'm going to pour it out for you and for your glory. 
We see this, of course, in the life of Jesus. And, you know, it's easy to think, well, this is for special people like Mary Slessor or Esther. And yet you see it in the pattern of Jesus Christ. And he left an example for us to follow in his steps. Jesus gave us the most awe-inspiring example of bravery and courage that this world has ever seen. At that moment of crisis, he could have easily prayed to his father and received, as it says, more than 12 legions of angels to protect him from the unspeakable horrors of the cross. But instead, he went boldly toward the danger, knowing what was going to happen to him, but saying a wholehearted yes to that cup of suffering that his father had set before him. He went straight into the most difficult and dangerous situation. And as a result, the enemy's power was shattered and he won the greatest victory of all time. It says in Colossians 2.15, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Wow. And this is the example he has set for us to follow in his steps. Again, not possible in our own strength. You may feel like one of the least courageous people in the world, and yet it's not about your courage or your ability, but the power of Christ in you. Testimonies of Christian bravery are not supposed to be merely inspiring stories that we listen to. They are supposed to be a heavenly pattern by which we live. As God's children, we are not called to live in isolation and self-protection. We are called to proactively proclaim truth and build his kingdom no matter the cost. We are supposed to go towards the danger and the difficulty, not retreat from it. Jesus tells us in Luke 6, 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. This is part of our calling, not something that's just for special Christians. Paul says in Philippians 2.15, we are to be children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom we are to shine as lights in the world. He also says in Philippians 1.28 that we are not to be intimidated in any way by our enemies. And as you see that in the life of Mary Slessor, as she chose not to be intimidated by her enemies, but to stand firm in the courage of her God, incredible miracles became the result of that. Now, for most of us, it is totally counterintuitive to go towards difficulty and towards danger instead of away from it. And as you look at what's going on in the world today, the tendency is to be just isolated and self-protective rather than go straight into where the greatest danger lies. But throughout history, God's kingdom has advanced when his people were proactive instead of reactive in living out their faith. Proactive Christianity seeks opportunities to boldly proclaim Christ. A lot of us are reactive in our Christianity and we want to just say, stay silent in order to self-protect. But as our world grows more and more hostile towards the truth, we need to decide whether we're going to be a proactive or a reactive Christian. And if you look at the pattern of scripture and you look at the pattern of historical Christianity, you see that proactive Christianity is what we are each called to. So on a practical note, what can we glean from the life of Mary Slessor? First of all, the fact that she had difficult circumstances actually prepared her for what God had for her in the future. So if you find yourself facing 
something that you wish you weren't facing right now. Ask God whether he is using and desires to use that situation to strengthen you and equip you and work qualities within you that will prepare you for something he has called you to in the future. Maybe it's even something the enemy has meant for evil in your life, but you can go to God and say, Lord, redeem the situation, grow me through the situation, teach me of your ways through the situation and allow it to prepare me to build your kingdom. And God will take the hardest things in our life and make them testimonies of his victory and of his glory when we yield those things to him. And that's what you see exemplified so beautifully in the life of Mary Slessor. It certainly wasn't God's ideal plan for her to have an alcoholic father and grow up in poverty. And yet God turned all of those situations to good and used them to grow her strong for the work he was preparing for her. Also, she was just an ordinary girl without a lot of special training or special abilities, but because she was fully surrendered to Jesus Christ, she did not cling to her own life, her own dreams, or her, her own agenda. She was able to go where others couldn't go, and she was able to stand more courageously when others would falter. So ask yourself, are there areas of my life that I need to lay on the altar before God? Are there areas of future direction and dreams and desires that I need to lay on the altar and say, Lord, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. And if you desire to take me to a place I would never choose to go on my own, if it is where you are leading me, I know that you will use it for your glory. And I know that you will be with me every step of the way. It is that willingness that God is looking for, not special abilities or special training or any particular talents, but that willing surrendered heart that says, Lord, I'm not going to put limits on what I know you can do through my life when I yield to you. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into what it means to live a set-apart, Christ-centered life, visit us at setapartgirl.com. There are loads of resources there, articles and blogs and other podcasts and an online mentoring program and a magazine. So many things that can encourage you in living fully consecrated to Jesus Christ. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.